What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. This is part two of our episode with Perry Marshall. 80-20 is contrarian. At every level, it defies the norm at every level. And so you have to get used to violating people's expectations. You have to get used to saying no. Education conditions you to say yes to everything. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, I want to invite you to get involved with Child Rescue, the charity our founders started. To learn more about them, just come to our website, iCollective.co, and check on the Child Rescue tab on our menu. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really... Uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let them become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper. But uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, so totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Um, Perry, when we left off on the last show, we were talking about uh, the value of knowing who you are. You built your DNA marketing test that people, you know, the $37 thing people can get um, comes with the book, uh, 80-20 Sales and Marketing. Um, you know, you were talking about FBI hostage negotiators, right? So at our company, one of, one of our trainers is a 22-year FBI hostage negotiator, okay? <laughs> um, but uh, when you think about people knowing themselves is they're going to make decisions about where to spend their precious time and and how to make sure they're spending it on the the 20 of things that will produce 80 percent of the results in your mind what's the value of that you know whether it's self-measurement or introspection of, or knowing ourselves i i don't i don't think you can ever become successful until you really know who you are and what your idiosyncrasies are um and uh, you know, in the last episode, we talked about school and like, it, like the whole idea behind school is that there's a stack of books and there's this list of things and everybody's supposed to know them. But just knowing that stuff makes you a commodity and it, it qualifies you to make $9 an hour at Walmart is what it does. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad it accomplishes that at least. But if you're going to make any significant money, you're going to do something unique and special uh, or something that nobody else is doing, and what you, you really your your job is 
to figure out what's the 1% of, of, of something that you can do better than 99% of everybody else, what, you know, whatever that one thing or is, or whatever that little Venn diagram of these little overlapping, like, well, if it's this and it's this and this, and you put all those things together, like I can really kick ass. And, and, um, and so I, I am really a fan of people who take the time to like, okay, where do I really fit? Um, you know, I talked about the marketing DNA test. Um, another good one is the, the Colby test. You know, are you a quick start or not? Are you a follow through type person or not? And what a lot of people do is they lapse into the self judgment where they think they're supposed to be a certain way because they're supposed to be in the middle of some bell curve and that they're out on the edge and they're like, woe is me. And like, Hey dude, if you're on the edge of some bell curve, like that's where you're going to make some money. Uh, in fact, I, I just did a workshop in London a few weeks ago where um, I, 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 I said to this guy, I said, okay, I want you to tell me like five giant failures or like things where you got yourself in trouble. And he's like, what? And of course, the British are more modest. So I had, had to even pull his teeth a little harder to, to get him to do this. I'm like, no, no, like, tell me like five things that got you in trouble. And so he, he comes up with these five stories. And I said, I said, do you realize that every single one of these things is an indication of what you're great at? And he goes, well, what do you mean? And, and I said, let, let me tell you a story. I, I said, I used to work at this company called WW Granger, big, big warehouse company. I was in college and I was just stocking shelves. And one day it was a boring day and wasn't much going on. And, um, and me and Tony decided to play a joke on the Omaha branch, 60 miles down the road. We were in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, and so we wrote up this fax and we sent it to him. Here's what the fax said. It was from the CEO. It said to all branch managers, it said, dear branch managers, um, Granger's stock has suddenly and inexplicably plummeted from $63 a share down to $17 a share. And we will be closing all branches effective Friday. We sincerely appreciate all your years of hard work and dedication, and we will make every effort to complete payroll for the current week. Oh, and wow. we press in on the facts. And uh, then we, yeah, you, you can appreciate this. And we're waiting. Like, well, so when are they going to call us up and say, ha, ha, ha very funny. And, and finally, we couldn't stand it anymore. About an hour later, we called them and, and they go, oh, that was you? Oh, man, Brenda pulled that off the fax machine and she went into hysterics and she started crying and calling her family members. I've worked here for 12 years and my job's coming to an end. We didn't really know what to think, so we faxed it to Sioux City, and <laughs> they didn't really know what to think, so they faxed it to Des Moines. <laughs> okay, this is 1990, by the way. And, you know, guess what happened to Perry, okay? <laughs> like, I got totally fired for doing that, right? I mean, they and, and like my boss was out of town that day. When he came in the next day, oh wow! Like the, the higher and higher this thing went up the ladder, like the less funny it got. You know, by the time it was in the C-suite, like this fax is not 
funny. Nuclear waste. And so I got fired. It was the first time I ever got fired from a job. Oh my goodness. And, and like I had just gotten married. I had to call my father-in-law. Hey Ron, like you'd never guess what happened. Uh, I was so embarrassed and everything. Well, dude, 15 years later, it occurs to me, Perry, that was like your first experiment in electronic viral marketing. That was like the first piece of copy you ever wrote. Oh, unintended consequences. And now you do it every day and people pay you a lot of money for this. So, so like the stuff that got you in trouble is the stuff that makes you great. It's like two sides of the same coin. Usually it's just something really good and you pushed it too far, right? And so what most people do is they go, well, I'm just going to truncate that thing. I'm just going to chop that thing off and we're not going to have that anymore. We're not, never going to let Perry sit down in front of a fax machine and a keyboard ever again. No, no, we just got to redirect some of that energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting to think about, um, you know, the, the conveyor belt school system that's trying to spit out, you know, equality, right? Um, but doesn't necessarily lead us to double yeah. down on our strengths. Um you know, shift, shifting gears here a little bit, a question we like to ask lots of guests is, um, is there someone early in your life or early in your career that you feel like really set an example for you on how to treat others? Hey, Jess, yep. um, you're breaking up. I don't know if it's my side or yours, but I could switch internet lines if you think that would help. Yeah. Why don't we do that? And I'll just edit this part out here. Let me, let me, let me see if let's, let's try this. Okay. <laughs> Perry, is that any better? Uh, I think so. I just did the same thing at my end. So hopefully between the two of us, we got a handle okay. here. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. So you so, were going to say something. Yeah. I was asking, um, is there someone early in your career or early in life that you feel like set an example on how to treat others? Um, well, yes, absolutely. Um, my, my dad, uh, I'll just tell you the first thing that, that comes to mind with my dad, my my dad uh, was actually a minister, and when I was about 12 or 13, my mom uh, got a pretty serious case of bipolar and just started going crazy. Um, and like our whole life was bedlam for about a year and a half. And this started causing problems with his job. Uh, he ended up getting demoted and um, – you know, everybody thought he should just like move out of town or go get a different job or go get some respect and uh, somewhere else and, you know, um, to heck with all of these judgmental people. And instead, he decided to stick around and vindicate himself. And uh, eventually, you know, she had a psychiatrist and got some medication and, and got the thing somewhat straightened out. And, you know, he got apologies from the people that had mistreated him. And, uh, you know, what I got out of that was, you know, there are times when you just got to stand your ground and like things may not be okay uh, for some period of time. And you might not even know how long that is, but you stick to what you know is actually the truth and what you actually know is right. And you let time prove you right. And, mm. uh, you know, I think I think that's one of the most valuable things 
um, that ever happened. I mean, I can't tell you how many things I've wanted to quit where, <laughs> you know, and look, there's two kinds of quitting. There's quitting out of strength and quitting out of weakness. Hmm. You know, you can quit out of weakness because, well, you're just too wimpy or it's just whatever like that for basically quit for not very good reason. Or you could quit for a great reason. Like, you know, you just briefly mentioned like you've been in a dozen businesses and a couple of them have made money. Well, yeah. And you know what? Like fail fast. 80-20 says 80% of whatever you're going to try is never going to work. So figure out as fast as you can uh, whether it's going to work or not. And when you can get some definitive sign that this thing is doomed, then first try to get to that spot fast as possible instead of forestalling it and, and, and then move on. Um, and there is no shame in quitting something that doesn't work. Um, and and, and I, I think that's a, that's a matter of judgment and discernment, but – um, but yeah, I, I'm really thankful for that. I, that was a major character piece for me. It's interesting how those character experiences show up over and over later in our lives, huh? Absolutely. Um, and they repeat and they, they end up in your muscle memory is what happens is after a while, you don't even remember where you learned this. It's just in there. Um, and then, and then, you know, I think people, there's some people that succeed more easily by accident than most people do on purpose, and and that's why it's they've got the right stuff in the muscle memory. Yeah, you know, thinking about another Midwestern guy, uh, Warren Buffett talks about twenty years to build a reputation and five minutes to lose it. Yeah, and uh, just that like hardcore commitment to integrity. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides that, you're going to feel better about yourself, and you know, all the moral implications or faith implications. It's actually like mm-hmm. really financially sound. You know. Yes. Well, it, it is. And, and you know, what's funny is um, now this is a long play. It's not a short play. But if you're a true blue truth teller, you will have a USP in any profession that you choose. Mm. <laughs> because only five or 10 percent of people are really actually truth tellers. And only 1% are bold truth tellers, okay? So there's the kind of truth teller that will tell when you ask them, but there's the kind of truth teller, and this is the 1%, they'll stand up and they'll call out the elephant in the room. Um, and most people will not do that. Um, and, you know, an 80-20 person is contrarian. 80-20 is contrarian. At every level, it defies the norm at every level. And so you have to get used to violating people's expectations. You have to get used to saying no. Education conditions you to say yes to everything. No, you, you need to say no to 75 to 95 percent of everything that comes along. I knew it was a good idea to drop out of art school. Become an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Take the very traditional route to finance. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, another one of our questions, um, which is great to have a marketer on for this one. We ask people, you know, our charity child rescue that all our listeners know about trying to prevent child trafficking and child exploitation. Um, what, what advice would you have for us of getting more people involved in that cause and, and protecting kids? Okay. So what you should do is you should find, I mean, invent like whatever you have to do, find a legitimate way to get your best supporters to actually go see what goes on. 
And uh, the way I learned this is my brother-in-law runs a relief agency called Children's Relief International. It's childrensrelief.org. And they have all these projects in these different countries and they focus on disadvantaged children. And um, they take donors that are willing to go, they take them to their projects. I've been to projects in three or four different cities in India and Kenya and Mozambique um, and all these different places. And I've seen up close what is going on. Uh, and, and I'll give you an example. And in fact, here's uh, well, let's kill two birds with one stone. This is this is also uh, useful with your kids. So about three years ago, um, my teenagers started saying sort of kind of like my lattes do foamy. <laughs> And I knew exactly what to do. Um, and I put them on a plane and I took them to Calcutta. And, and you know who we went to see? We went to see a lady who gets women out of the sex trade. Mm. As a matter of fact, that, that's, what we, that's where we went, okay? She, she has a school in the brothels of Calcutta and she teaches the children of the prostitutes and, um, how to read and write and she teaches the prostitutes how to sew so they don't have to do prostitution anymore. And so we land in Calcutta. I've got a 16-year-old girl and a 13-year-old boy with me. And four hours later, we're walking down the red light district and Smriti is like introducing us to these different people. And, um, and we meet this one girl, she's about 13 and, um, and there's some mention of her husband. And I thought that's weird. And later she says, oh, well, see that girl is married to a 40 year old man. He's called a sugar daddy. Uh, <laughs> and and, and we get this whole explanation of how the whole thing works. And we get back to my hotel room and my daughter says to me, hey, dad, what? You know how you say half your battles were won for you before you were ever born? And I go, yeah. She goes, I get it. Can we go home now? <laughs> now, if you take so now I, I understand what you do is very edgy and like and there's all these things to consider. But if you can find a way. No, no. Your I, donors. I love it. We we take people down to the, the orphanage in Cusco, Peru for mm. this exact reason. And um, it's mostly been the kids from our high school prevention campaign that just want to go help in person. Oh, but, but we haven't encouraged our donors as much. I mean, like we it's like an it's not like we tell them they can't come, but it, we haven't like actively gone out and invited them. And um, as you're talking, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I've been working on this issue for five years before I went to spend a week at an aftercare facility in Nicaragua. And there's mm. this little like five-year-old girl that's just like one of my kids hanging out with me for the whole week. And we're, you know, with her mom and her brother, we go to the park and it's just like when I found out what had happened to her, mm. it was just like I was like, you know, I don't know, rebaptized into this cause. Like it was like I'd been on it for five years already. And I like it was like a whole new level of commitment when I was like, we can't let that happen. You know? Yes. That was a rack the shotgun moment for you. Yeah. Right. Right. And 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 so a children's relief actually devotes a certain amount of staff and resources to taking teams to sites 
So it's like I think it's maybe one staff member out of 20 is devoted to that's what they do. Mm. They get – and so it's like a whole – it's embedded in their whole entire thing that they do that, that they go out of their way to try to get donors. Like even just the person that donates $25 a month, you could get that person to spend $2,500, go to Cusco – you know, stay in a hotel, spend a few days. Yeah, they can go to Machu Picchu and some other stuff. You know, there's a mm-hmm. you can make it fun, um, but but you know there and and what will happen is probably somewhere between a fourth and half of them it will transform them into like hyperactive evangelists for you instead of just. And of course, better better donors. It should go without saying, uh, as well. That's great advice. Um, well, in the last few minutes here, I'd love to talk about um, some. You know, I know that you have services uh, where you do consulting, and you talked about you know these different clients of yours. In your opinion, um, you know, books are amazing. I, you know, my listeners know I'm a real audiobook junkie, and um, courses are great, but um, what do you think is so special about having a one-on-one, you know, executive advisor? Why is it that that produces something that other formats don't seem to do? Well, first of all, I think there is something that happens energetically when you put people in a room together that does not happen any other way. In fact, I think I think there is stuff going on physically that we don't even understand um, that, you know, maybe in 50 years, science will give us more insight on. But I, I think I think there's some kind of transfer of energy that happens. Um, and also, I think it's very important, uh, especially when you're learning the ropes and you're trying to find your way through, you need to get familiar enough with what somebody says and does and how they think that you actually know what they would do in a situation and they become your alter ego and that you can actually sort of switch into their personality. Um, and and now the, the point isn't for you to become them, but for you to be able to imitate a successful person until you can own uh, own the thing yourself, you know, it's sort of like practicing guitar. Uh, you're, if you're, if you're really, really super serious about, uh, guitar, you're probably going to play some Led Zeppelin or something and you're never going to sound like Jimmy Page, but you can sound pretty close for a while. And then the next thing that will happen is then you start to sound like yourself and that's where the real magic is. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. Well, um, you know, we talked a lot about 80-20 sales and marketing. Obviously, you've got everything you've done with AdWords and Facebook ads and, and these different subjects. Um, wh- what do you want to close on? What do, you, what do you think would be fun to talk about as kind of a final final thing here before we go? Well, let's talk about where you go with 80-20. So, yeah, you know, you mentioned the AdWords books and the Facebook books. And, and in those skills, if if you're in advertising, then you need mastery of pay-per-click marketing. And that's just a, a base requirement. Um, but, but you know what the 8020 books were about was well what's the real formula behind this like when i was when i when i started figuring out adwords really adwords was this um wild west like nobody was really sure how to do it and i said this is a big giant 8020 problem i started solving it and so 
you know, that was really successful. And later I said, I really need to teach people the thinking behind this so that they have the secret sauce. And so that, that's what 8020 sales and marketing was about. Well, then what's next? Well, I'll tell you two higher levels of 8020. Um, uh, we have a, a, one of my websites. If you go to starprinciple.com, um, you'll get a scorecard. Uh, it's a little tool. It takes you about 60 seconds. You could take any product, any business, um, anything that you're doing right now, and you can punch in some quick answers to some 10 questions, and it will give you a score uh, from zero to 200 on is your business a star business? And a star is any business that scores better than about 100 points. And only about 5% of businesses are stars. It's hard to get 150 points on this thing. But I'm telling you, this is one of the most useful things that you could take a look at because um, this is the formula that my partner and colleague mentor, Richard Kosh, uh, uses to judge companies that he invests in. Um, Richard grew $4 million to $400 million in 25 years. Um, his, his investment record is on par with Warren Buffett and um, is, as far as return on capital. And, um, and, and whether you're getting a job or starting a company or going into a niche or launching a new product – or, you know, what, whatever it might be, um, there are some opportunities that have dramatically more growth potential than others. And you should design your life to, to go after the stars. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, Jess, a lot of people think that the biggest success factor is themselves and their talents. Richard disagrees with that. Richard says it's more about being at the right place at the right time and being in the right niche that's growing and hot. And I absolutely agree. I think there's a bunch of people, they think they're geniuses and actually they're at the right place at the right time. And there's also a bunch of geniuses who aren't successful. They think it's their fault. No, you're in the wrong opportunity. And so I, the next level of 80-20 after the 80-20 sales and marketing is Star Principle. So you, you can go to starprinciple.com and play around with that tool and you should use it to eliminate something that you are doing. So couldn't, couldn't agree more. You know, when I, when you had mentioned that in, I don't remember if it was a YouTube video or in the book, I went and took the test and it really made us um, look at, at Mylan advisors because I didn't score as well as I wanted to. And, mm. and it made me think about, are there things that we could do different to, to have that structural advantage for what we're going after? And that's actually one of the things we're rethinking. I mean, I went out and got Richard's book afterwards and, it's so interesting to hear about going from Bain and on to this where he's gone. It's not like he bats a thousand, but his no. his percentage is so much better than the average. It, it really seems like there's something there, you know. Um, he actually bats about sixty percent. It's incredible for investing. It is. It's in it's absolutely and, phenomenal because venture capital firms are normally ten percent, and you know a lot of these guys they got platoons of MBAs and stuff. He's got a HP eleven or twelve, you know, financial calculator and you know and a personal assistant. You know, it's it's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, listen, we appreciate you spending so much time with us and and sharing the things you've learned. Um, any parting comments and, and we'll let her go there. 
Well, you, you can go to perrymarshall.com slash 8020 and you can get 8020 sales and marketing uh, in the U.S. It's seven bucks uh, abroad. It's 14. Uh, it's it's less than Amazon and it comes with some extra bonuses that that aren't included in the regular purchase of the book. And, you know, I just really want to encourage you wherever you are that um, that the the next path to success is not adding more. It's taking stuff away. It's eliminating. Um, and a lot of us could stand to eliminate quite a bit, but but start somewhere. Well, and if you can't figure it out, uh, we at the show completely echo that and think uh, think this is some wisdom you should be adding to whatever you're working on. So. Thanks for making time, and we'll cut her off there. Hey, this is a great show, and I really appreciate what you're doing with you know the trafficking and the you know that whole project in Peru, and and uh, hope hopefully we're helpful with that. That was part two of our interview. If you missed part one, please go back an episode and download the episode before this one for the first half of the interview. As always, please check iCollective.co for show notes of things referenced during the interview and to learn more about our guest. And if you're interested, we'd love to have you learn more about the charity Child Rescue. Go to the menu page on iCollective and click on Child Rescue. Thanks so much. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.